0: Some patients seek help from physicians in treating their alcoholism, only to have their doctor sidestep the issue and bridge to a more comfortable topic. Do we perpetuate the stigma of alcoholism? Welcome to Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sujit Barma, Medical Director of Range Mental Health Center in Hibbing, Minnesota. Dr. Varma is a psychiatrist and recognized expert in addiction medicine. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Leslie. It's a pleasure to be here on ReachMD.
0: Well, thank you for being here. So, Dr. Varma, how prevalent is alcoholism in the United States?
1: Well, Leslie, that's the $185 billion question, Hmm. because that's what it costs our society every year to deal with alcoholism. Uh, I'm going to throw a few numbers at you. There are about 18 million Americans who have either alcohol abuse or alcohol dependence right now. And let's look at this from a different perspective. About one-fourth of all ER admissions, one-third of all suicides, And more than half of all homicides and domestic violence are related to alcoholism. Alcoholism is also related to the top three causes of mortality in the country, namely uh, heart disease, stroke, and cancer. And alcoholism is also considered the third actual cause of death sometimes. Fetal alcohol spectrum disorder is also the most common reversible cause of uh, mental retardation in the country. Every year, about 25,000 people are killed on the U.S. highways due to alcohol-related problems. There's about 200,000 deaths a year from alcoholism, and every day, 700,000 Americans are actually seeking some kind of treatment for alcohol, either directly or indirectly. And Leslie, at the end of this interview, if it lasts about 15 minutes, about 7,000 Americans have just walked into a clinic, an ER, or a hospital to look for some kind of treatment related to alcoholism. So those are really staggering pretty scary numbers.
0: So, Sujit, considering how pervasive this illness is in our country, how many physicians actually specialize in the treatment of alcoholism?
1: Well, Leslie, I don't actually spend my uh, spare time just uh, computing statistics and finding out how many doctors do that. But uh, there is a society in the United States called the American Society of Addiction Medicine, and a lot of their members are only involved with addiction medicine. They have about 3,200 members, and the majority of them are psychiatrists, about 40% of them. And the reason why is that, for some reason, substance abuse has been always considered a problem of mental will, and a lot of cognitive problems have been associated with addiction. So psychiatrists tend to predominate in that field, and we also have a, a subspecialty called addiction psychiatry. But that's going to change. In the year 2008, the American Society of Addiction Medicine is actually going to look to get recognition for addiction medicine as a medical specialty, And apart from psychiatrists, I know that a lot of uh, general practitioners and even internists who are very much involved in the treatment of addiction medicine and especially alcoholism.
0: Do you believe that some doctors are adverse to treating alcoholism?
1: Yes, I think that would be uh, an understatement. A lot of physicians, especially when they become specialists, they tend to uh, have a myopic view of the patient. They tend to only look at the patient as to... Why is he here to see me? Now, let's step back a bit. Alcoholism is actually a universal language. I mean, when we go to a social party, we need a little bit of alcohol to talk to people. But it's more than that. It's also a universal disease. I mean, I cannot think of any doctor in any specialty who cannot tell me that has never seen a patient that had alcohol which implicated one of the conditions why he saw him. For example, surgeons have to deal with alcohol withdrawal after a surgical operation. Someone is an alcoholic. So looking at it from this perspective, I think physicians are averse to treating alcoholism because they are mainly focused on their subspecialty. They feel that they are inadequate in treating that condition. They feel that they don't have the time for that. They they would rather treat what they are there for, the physical consequences of alcoholism, rather than the whole uh, patient that is... uh, what caused the physical problems, namely the alcoholism. I would hope that physicians would stop doing this by looking for resources. They don't have to always refer them to a specialist. Sources would be things like the NIAAA, the American Society of Addiction Medicine. And, uh, you know, it's not very really hard to treat something like alcoholism. You can easily look it up, read about it, ask a colleague who does treatment in alcoholism. So I don't believe that they should be averse, but I still think that they are averse. And let me end with the statement. Because of specialization, specialists tend to specialize more and more, in less and less, until they know everything about nothing.
0: Mm. So it sounds like you believe that alcoholism does not need to be treated by an addiction specialist like yourself.
1: Yes, I don't think uh, alcoholism should be just compartmentalized in a watertight compartment saying, yes, he's an alcoholic. Let's just send him to the specialist. I believe that there are so many other complications that can be treated by the general practitioner and the internist and I'm talking with the regular stuff like hepatitis, uh, pancreatitis, gastritis. Now, are you just going to treat the patient for that? Don't you want to find out what caused it? It must be the alcohol that caused some of those symptoms. So in addition to that, you also want to treat cause because the patient is going to relapse again, come back again with those conditions. It's almost like uh, going to an oncologist and the oncologist is telling you, well, I can treat 50% of your cancer. And then that's it. Mm. So alcoholism is actually uh, considered now a biological disease. And like I said, it's a universal disease. Even though we are considered the experts on it, it's not very hard to treat someone with alcoholism.
0: I I think many people still believe that alcoholism is a disease of willpower or somehow a moral problem. Uh, What do you say, especially to physicians who believe that?
1: Well, you know, there have been a lot of studies, uh, Leslie, that have now proven that alcoholism is definitely biological Will is just uh, something that's been added to that. For example, genetic studies. Genetic studies have proven that very interesting results. uh, Male alcoholics, for example, tend to breed true with their sons. For example, a male alcoholic would have a son that could be an alcoholic, but not necessarily a daughter. It tends to breed more for the males. Also, there have been uh, twin studies that have proven that monozygotic twins are more likely to become alcoholic versus dizygotic twins. And also adoption studies that have proven that children of alcoholic parents adopted by non-alcoholic parents still tend to become alcoholics. And the vice versa was not true. Namely, children of non-alcoholic parents adopted by alcoholic parents did not necessarily become alcoholic. Now, talking about biochemical changes, there has been enough research to prove that there are certain changes in the biochemical structure of the brain in someone who's an alcoholic. When they drink, they tend to have a release of certain neurochemicals in the brain, most notably the endorphins, the opioids, and the dopamine. And these uh, tend to be higher among people with alcoholism versus people who are not alcoholic. And even pet studies have shown difference in metabolic rates, the brains uh, of people with alcoholism versus non-alcoholic. So, no, I don't think willpower alone is the thing we should consider as a biological disease. That's the way we are treating it now.
0: Now, the physicians who who have a hard time, despite the overwhelming biological and scientific evidence of the basis of alcoholism, how do they view their patients, and and what do they typically recommend as treatment?
1: Well, there are a lot of physicians who think that alcoholism again is a uh just a problem with willpower, and they expect you to snap out of it, just like uh, they would expect someone to snap out of depression, but depression, again, is a biochemical disease. Some of these physicians, because of that, they feel that, okay, let me just treat you for what you came here for, for the gastritis, the hepatitis, and then I'm going to give you this number for the local AA, and you can follow up with uh, your 12-step program, and if you're not interested in that, well, you just don't have motivation, Mm. and I've heard that from several of my colleagues. That is pretty sad, because in this day and age... uh, Uh, We have a lot more resources. AA is very good. It's been around since 1930, and it's pretty effective. But in addition to AA, we have other kinds of counseling. We have things like Q-exposure therapy. We have cognitive behavior therapy. We have motivational enhancement therapy. We have biofeedback. We also have things for the family because alcoholism uh, should not just be considered a problem of the individual. It can also affect the family, so we need marital counseling. We need family therapy. And in addition to that, we have uh, some pretty good uh, pharmacotherapy, too, that can aid the patient with the craving, with the abstinence, with the withdrawal, and hopefully with this uh, multi-pronged approach, the overall uh, you know, motivation can be improved and the patient has a better quality of life and is hopefully finally able to uh, get on the wagon.
0: It sounds as though physicians are doing a disservice to their patients by suggesting only AA then.
1: Yes, I would say that if you just say AA, you're doing a disservice, we do have a lot more out there, a uh, lot more therapy. We do have medications, The thing is, I would recommend that physicians do a multi pronged approach. If you look at the cross section of the human brain, the frontal lobe is what's involved with decision making, but there's also a limbic lobe, which is involved in what's called the drive uh, generation. So, someone who's got a substance abuse problem, he's got two parts of his brain that are involved in his addiction. One is the limbic lobe, which is involved with the dopamine, the endorphins, the opioids. And that is controlled with pharmacotherapy. But the rest of the brain, the frontal lobe especially, is the one that is benefited from counseling. So if you just refer a patient to the AA, well, you're going to get some input into the front part of the brain. That's the frontal lobe. But the limbic lobe is still hyperactive. And unless the patient is so good at attending his AA meetings and has a great sponsor and is able to you know, curb his cravings, uh, it, it's not a very successful approach. I would go for the, two hand, uh, the two-pronged approach. Decrease the cravings through the limbic lobe improve the functioning of the patient by controlling the desires in the frontal lobe. So if a physician is only referring them to AA, they're only treating them 50% of the time.
0: So how would you encourage a physician who is adverse to treating alcoholism to address it and provide their patients with these better options or or more complete options?
1: Well, first of all, physicians have to understand that uh, alcoholism is a biological disease. It's not just a lifestyle problem. I mean, that happens much later on, but these are people who just cannot stop drinking. They've probably not been able to stop drinking since the day they first drank, so it is a biological problem, and it is treatable. Uh, They should also try and destigmatize the alcoholism. Don't make it like, oh, you're doing something that I don't want you to do. I've had physicians talk to a patient and ask a history like this. Oh, you don't drink alcohol, do you? And obviously, the patient's going to answer, well, I guess he doesn't want me to drink, so I'm going to tell him I don't. And I'll be surprised. I've actually met like a 65-year-old grandmother who could drink a case of beer a day and drink me under the table. So I always ask my patients directly. I confront them, uh, how often do you drink, even if they don't drink, actually? And then I get uh, better results. So never be shy to ask a patient with alcoholism or any other drug, just like asking a sexual, uh, sexual history. Try and destigmatize it. Don't blame the patient for the condition. Explain to them that it's biological. Explain to them that we have resources to help them. Explain to them the the overall prognosis they keep drinking. Talk to them about the problems with the liver, with the pancreas, with the gastrointestinal tract, problems with the central nervous system, dementia down the road, things like that. And I wish uh, physicians would be more uh, cooperative with these kind of uh, approaches because according to our uh, our statistics, Less than 2% of alcoholic people are actually getting treatment with medication right now for alcoholism.
0: Less than 2%.
1: Less than 2%, yes.
0: Uh, what do you suppose that is? That seems like that would be an easy thing for physicians to do. Yeah,
1: it would be easy. But again, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of frustration on the part of these physicians. They are specialists. A lot of them want to just say, well, let the other doctor deal with it. Most physicians I know think that there's just one medication out there. And there's a particular medication that you take. It punishes you if you drink alcohol. So If you take that particular medication and you drink on top of that, you're going to have a violent reaction.
0: That would be an abuse.
1: That would be an abuse, yes. Mm-hmm. It's an older medication. It came out in 1903. 19- 1949. But no, we've come a long way since that. We've got medications that's not going to cause that. You can still drink on top of it, but what it's going to do is going to take away the craving or the buzz that you get from it. So if you drink a case of beer a day and you take some of those other medications, you may drink your first can of beer, your second can, but when you get to the third or fourth you probably realize Guess what? I just wasted like five bucks, and I don't feel that buzz I'm getting. And In fact, I don't even enjoy drinking this anymore. Let me just stop over here, and they don't even have a bad reaction. So uh, physicians should start getting aware of the fact that we have safer medication, and I guess we need to get that message across.
0: Well, I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Sujit Varma. We have been discussing the stigma of alcoholism. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 233 the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.